Welcome to Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. Financial solutions for what your everyday issues may or may not be. You're going to tell me all of the issues that you may have, and we're going to write a prescription just for you. The doctor's session is in order. Grace and peace. Welcome to Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. Today, I am so excited about the two young ladies that I have with me uh, here on our show. Uh, they are amazing individuals that have been uh, the reflection of perseverance, overcoming adversity, and still being fabulous, fierce, and wonderful. Today, we're going to focus on how to repair your financial solutions or your financial positioning when you have suffered a period of incarceration. I'm going to start with a young lady by the name of Deborah Phillips-Brown. Uh, she has served at Edna Mahan Correctional Facilities, and I met her behind the four walls where we know in the state of New Jersey, it's called Clinton. Deborah is an amazing individual, and I want to say thank you so much, Deborah. Welcome to Financial Solutions. Hi, everyone. My name is Deborah Deborah Phillips-Brown. <laughs> she was gonna stop there. So I started to show up by um, sharing that you suffered a period of incarceration. And one of the um, things that I found devastatingly fascinating is the fact that um, you are the epitome of the judicial system not being fair to you. So as yeah. much as you are free and willing to share uh, your background, I would love the audience to get a picture of who it is that you are and why you serve time behind bars. Okay, uh, a little back, a, a backdrop of my testimony. Yeah. Before, before I got incarcerated. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, my name is Deborah Phillips Brown, and I'm a licensed beautician. I do I do hair in Philadelphia, PA. I've been a licensed hairdresser for like thirty years. I have four children, and I have eight grandchildren. But before my incarceration, you know, doing hair was my passion. It was my drive. And that's everything I had wanted to be until one day an uh, uh, incident occurred with me and three other young ladies. I was in a severe car accident that caused me to go in prison for 21 and a half years, serving 17 and a half years. Um, my life was normal. Every day, you know, mother working and taking the kids out, you know, to do their uh, activities or whatnot, you know, just a fun loving life until this tragedy had occurred. Once this tragedy occurred, my life turned for the worse. Never thought in a million years that I would be in somebody's prison serving that much time. Right. And one thing that I know is that um, your, your case was so unfair. I did um, some of my doctoral studies versus that because prior to that, um, just being an active, loving mother, working every day, having your own business beforehand, uh, you never saw yourself in this position overall. What was your life like financially pre-incarceration? Okay, well, financially, you know, I was making a significant amount of money. I had a, a great clientele. My clientele, you know, I would say at least about 80 to almost close to 100%. I was making at least a week close to 2,000 or more a week. And Thank it went- you. Go ahead, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. And that's a week. So I was grossing in at least about close to 
maybe uh, eight thousand a month before I was incarcerated. Yes, and so here's the thing: you held on to your to your license. You were able to not only uh, continue to cultivate your craft while you were behind the four walls, but when you came home, you hit the ground running financially speaking. And so what was that like when you first came home and you're like, oh my goodness, life has changed drastically, I'm sure. So take us on the, um, a journey of where you experienced life after you came out of prison. Okay, well, I just want to go back just a little bit to when I was in the assessment place and when first the first tragedy struck because I already had a whole high sense of hope of what my plans were going to be when I came home. But once I lost my mother, it seemed like everything started, you know, getting blur because I'm like, I don't have no sense of direction. What's going to happen? You know, I've been waiting all these years, you know, my hopes were high. And then they started lowering because I felt like it was no use. It was useless. But then, um, thanks to Pastor Nicole, Dr. Nicole Simpson, as my grieving counselor that walked me through the procedure, you know, while I was, while I was grieving, I continued on to pursue far as getting my uh, degree and liberal arts associate. I completed that semester. I graduated. Then I kept going on. I said, I got to keep going on because my mother would want me to keep going on. So as I continued to, to persevere, I came home. I said, I know what I got to do because I have no help out here but myself. So what I did was I just kept praying and praying and asking God to direct me, to give me the guidance to do what I need to do to be financially stable. And from there on, once I hit the ground, once I came out the halfway house, it has been nothing but blessings after blessings after blessings. And I mean, money that I didn't never know that I, I that was coming from here, money was coming from here. And allow me, I never asked anyone, nobody for support of giving me financial help to get me by. I did it all by myself and by the thanks to God. Thank you for helping me. Right. And I just took the money and I did what I needed to do. And I said, I went searching out for apartments. And I'm like, nobody will give me an apartment because of my background. But I kept praying. I said, Lord, you know, you know, you know that I need this place because I have nothing. Next thing I turned around three months later, I went to see this um, landlord and he blessed me with an apartment. He said, I'm going to give you another chance. And from there, the, the beacon of light just lit up the whole room. It was like, from here, it's just on go. Then the next thing I know, I got the apartment, had no furniture or nothing. And God blessed me with more money. I took it and we furnished the apartment. Now I want to pause for a moment because one thing that we have identified is that you are a beautician. And so you began to pick up clientele as soon as you came home, um, you know, where you began to have some level of revenue and you are a participant in what we call a cash business. You had a greater level of flexibility overall. So let's talk about the fact that you began to work with someone who gave you a second chance. Like the male, um, the gentleman gave you an opportunity with the apartment, but you also got a chance to work in another shop and then you began to build your own clientele. Let's talk about that for a moment. How did you begin to uh, cultivate new client relationships? Okay, so while I was in the um, in, in Garrett's house, in the halfway house, I was working one particular job. So, and I, you know, worked there for about five months, but I'm like, I want to go to my craft. I'm, I need to be where my craft is at so I can articulate the new things that has been becoming since I've been away because, you know, times evolves, you know, new things are coming out and, you know, 
a lot of the hairdos and different things they weren't doing before I got incarcerated. So I went to my my uh, counselor and I asked her, I said, well, can I work in the shop? You know, she's like, oh, no, I'm not allowed to do that. But I don't know. I don't know where she called me downstairs one day and said, Miss Phillips, I got a place where you can work at. So she sent me there. And the name of the salon was Kevin's Hair Studio. So I went there for an interview. At first, she told me she wasn't going to hire me, I guess because of my status of being incarcerated, I mean, in the um, halfway house. So she gave me a chance and I went in there and started off as a shampooist because the hours, I couldn't work doing regular hair as a hairstylist. So I just became an assistant, a shampoo assistant while I was in the halfway house. But once I came out of the halfway house, she hired me as a full-time hairstylist. And as I started working those extra hours, I started building clientele up once again. And I mean, like, it's phenomenal. Like, people from everywhere that knew me, that couldn't make it to me, came. And the ones that couldn't, they couldn't. But I still got a whole new set of clientele. So let's talk about that. What are your financial goals for 2022? Now, uh, I happen to know this. Uh, you've been blessed not only with one vehicle, but then you got an upgrade to a 2022 secondary vehicle. So what are some of your other financial goals? You have uh, your own apartment now or your own house now. You have your own business and you have a, a new vehicle. What would financial success look like for you in 2022? Well, hopefully, I mean, I've been praying on this um, far as success being successful. You know, right now I'm trying, I'm in the, in the mix of trying to either get a, a studio, uh, uh, like a, uh, where I can just, a venue where I can have my own um, space, you know, and then move on to a hair salon. So already is in the making. God already said it's yours. You know, he already said it's yours. So, and, I, and you just got to have the belief system to know that it's yours. You got to believe that God's saying it's yours. So take advantage of it. So in my heart, I'm just waiting for the, the appointed time because I know my assignment. <laughs> I already know my assignment. My assignment is that in a couple of months, I'll be in my own place. Right, right. So I think I have some financial solutions for you now, Deborah. And I appreciate you um, sort of sharing your story, the backdrop of it. Um, Deborah has given us some information in advance into which we know where it is that she's standing in terms of earnings. So the first thing that I wanna remind you, Deborah, is that you're responsible for everything. When you go and you become an entrepreneur, you are literally responsible for every aspect or facet of your business. And so be certain that you are clear to identify what are your home expenditures versus what are your expenditures for the business so that you can make a full assessment of how much it is that you're bringing in every day. The second thing is because you have what's called a cash business, it is very important that you set aside your taxes immediately. And so a great threshold is for all of the money that you make sort of putting away at minimum at least 20 to 25% so that you don't have any issues with Uncle Sam. The third thing that you need to do is that you're responsible for saving for your own retirement. So yes, you're in the rebuilding stage. Yes, you want expansion, but you still need to be responsible for saving for yourself. Now, fortunately enough, you are married, so you can leverage against your spouse to ensure that there is some level of retirement savings working on both of your behalfs because you're working collaboratively, collaboratively together. 
So I would recommend that you establish an IRA account and begin to put away at minimally. And so what you can incrementally do is increase your IRA contributions uh, uh, year over year, but you wanna at least get started. The third thing is because you are um, somewhat of age, you may wanna consider ensuring that you have some level of life insurance protection. It is difficult when you have to rebuild from having nothing after all of these years, but you have the flexibility of resources in order to be able to do that. The last thing is continue to work on your marketing strategy and your marketing plan to continue to bring up that clientele in so that when you're in the place of having your own space, you will be able to not only maintain your existing standard of living that you're developing now, but you'll be able to manage the additional expenditures that come along with having an actual location for your business. I want to bet, let everyone know that I am so proud of you. You have persevered and I have watched you, you know, pick up the pieces and not lose hope in all that you're doing. And I believe just like you believe that you are absolutely going to excel and it's going to be a matter of time before you have your own hair salon. Now, do you have any questions for the financial doctor? Yeah. So speaking on when you say the IRA, well, I already have life insurance, you know. Uh, me and my wife have life insurance already. And then when you speaking upon about the IRA, you said aside from my business account and my my personal account, I need to get an, an IRA. It's an internal um, um, individual retirement account. It's what allows you to save for retirement. It will reduce your taxes in the current year because you again have your own business. And so it'll allow you to save for retirement. Right. right? Um, and it will reduce your tax liability in the current year as well. So where do I go for that? We can have that conversation offline. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say thank you so much and stay with us for a moment. I have another. <laughs> for your help and support. And while it, it is my blessing, it's my privilege to be able to do so. And so now we're going to talk to someone that Deborah actually knows. We call it Deborah, Deborah, or what have you, but someone else that she absolutely knows and spent a long time with. Uh, this young lady has spent 17 years behind uh, the four walls, and I have uh, seen her come out and blossom. She happens to be uh, as much as Deborah is, very near and dear to me. This young lady has decided, I've lost 17 years of my life. I'm getting ready to make it up. Uh, she is a recent newlywed, and I introduce to all of you none other than Miss Jazz Wilkes. Welcome to the Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. How are you, Jazz? You're on mute. My apologies. I'm That's good. Okay. I'm good. My apologies. <laughs> yes, it is such a pleasure to have you here on Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole. I um, am first going to ask you to introduce yourself uh, to uh, the audience at large. Okay. Well, my name is Jasmine Wilkes, um, formerly Jasmine Hampton, but as Dr. Nicole mentioned, I am a newlywed, so thank God for that. <laughs> um, something about me, I was incarcerated for 17 years at Edna Mayhem Correctional Facility. I was released from, released from the halfway house, excuse me, in 2017. When I was released, I was currently enrolled, already enrolled at Passaic County, Passaic County College in um, Patterson, New Jersey. However, my residence, me living with family, I was released to South Jersey in Willenboro, New Jersey. 
So I had to finish the semester. I did a lot of um, commuting back and forth, but I finished it um, pretty good, really, actually, with a 3.5 GPA. Um, while living with my sister, I began looking for work. Um, prior little background, while I was in the halfway house, I was working at Mr. G's Diner as a server. And so when I came home, I was looking for similar work, more so because it was a cash business and also because I had a record. So for the most part, to be honest, I was a little um, fearful, so to speak, to go into what I was accustomed to prior to my incarceration, which was inside the medical field. So with that being said, I was able to find employment working at Applebee's and um, Dr. Nicole often jokes about me having Applebee's faith, so to speak. Um, let's, let's go into that I was working at, Yeah, I, I want to okay. pause here for a moment because when I talk about Applebee's faith, this young lady, I have watched her blossom. I have watched her, uh, you know, not only get a, a car and an apartment, and work at Applebee's. And so you are, you know, really the poster child for someone that can make serving work mm -hmm. best for you because you understood that this was your means to a financial stability and you worked it along with prayer. Listen, I've seen Amen. some stories. So go ahead, you were gonna say. Um, absolutely, working at Applebee's for me, um, it was a humbling experience for the most part because me being a follower of Christ, we are called to serve. And I was here, I was literally, I'm professing Christ, but I'm literally a server um, working in that industry. Um, I was I started each shift off in prayer um, because me even, even landing that position, as humbling as it was, it was only by the grace of God. I came home in March, 2017, and I was really, I was living with my sister, but I was living on my savings from when I was in the halfway house. And I literally got down to, zero the last penny and in the meantime on top of me going back traveling back and forth to school i was looking for work no one would hire me and then and i even went old school i was taking um public transportation hitting hitting the pavement filling out applications no one would hire me and then one day i was just up and i something on my heart said go to applebee's <laughs> i lied to you not and i had my sister take me to applebee's because prior to that i did fill out an application online and i never heard back from them either so i don't know why out of all the places i filled out for why it was placed in my heart for me to go there but i did and um i told them that i filled out an application online and i was waiting for someone to call me for an interview and they were to be honest um no disrespect but they were so dis discombobulated they thought that they called me for an interview and they were wrong so it was they were very apologetic and they said we're sorry sat down had the interview i was hired um but again um starting my starting my each shift off in prayer because i'm dealing with the public and this is my this is, i don't get a paycheck what i take home that's what that's what i bank and out of my tips i also had to pay the house i had to i had to pay um with i had to pay the host and give applebee's they percentage so on and so forth but um again like dr nicole mentioned i started applebee's in august 
I saved every penny. I said, you know what? I have to sacrifice. You know, yes, I like new things, like nice things. Yes, I wanted to. Um, I was just came home. Everybody was inviting me all these different places, but I had to learn how to tell people no. I can't do it because I live in a remote location. For one, everybody I know was in North Jersey. I can't keep taking trains and spending money and trying to get get cute to go to these events and while I'm broke sleeping on my sister's couch. Let's pause so, right there for a moment because one of the things that you're identifying is financial education. And I think that that's important. Oftentimes when we're not in a position where our finances are where we desire it to be, to be educated helps us to make more informed decisions with the limited resources that we do have. And so I do know that you at the same time began to go to school and you had different desires because COVID was a blessing to you. And so in the midst of COVID, you're one of the individuals that it was less expensive to stay home, but you made an investment in you. I want to talk about that for a moment because I think people need to understand that it may take a while for one to recover financially or to get on the right track, but you have got to be intentional about the things and the, uh, the things you do and the decisions you make. So what happened to you during the season of COVID? During the season of COVID, um, first off, I had just had my baby. I had just had my baby and I'm a new mom. That's my only child. He's my rainbow baby. Um, and I was already hesitant about leaving him so soon after my maternity leave was up, but I did. I went back to um, Applebee's and I wasn't happy, but prior to me going, returning back to work while I was pregnant, my prayer to God was, put it on my heart show me oh show me which way to go because now i'm going to be a mom i have somebody else to be responsible for and i did not want to i did not want to predicate my me taking care of my child helping take care of my child based upon if somebody's having a good day or not i needed to have a guaranteed check paycheck and god put phlebotomy on my heart and I consider myself pretty smart, but I had to look it up and do some research and so on and so forth. And so I found the school and um, I went back to Applebee's, but the school was paying out of pocket. So I said, OK, well, when I when I'm able to, I am going to um, pay my way through school. So when when the pandemic happened, I was one of the people who were furloughed from my job um, at home and then the unemployment happened. <laughs> um, so I was one of those people. I'm guilty of receiving the six hundred dollars. Um, we were in a pandemic. It was a blessing Listen, for it you was. to see that. It was definitely a blessing. So I enrolled in school and the um, school did not allow the pandemic to stop them. We still, we had classes, classes were online. So I was able to stay home and be uh, take care of my son while going to school online five days a week. And once the um, once the lockdown lifted, then I just only thing I had to complete was my clinicals and take the state board test, which I studied my behind off with and I passed with flying colors. So at let that me, point, go ahead. Let me let me advance the conversation for a moment because now you're getting into stability of income. You have provided us with some of your information that they don't need to know. But in addition to having W two earned income, uh, working in the healthcare sector, you are also creating additional revenue by um, being a motivational speaker at colleges and universities. And then you're also earning a level of income because there has been this desire to establish your own business and it really has taken off. And so now you're looking at your financial picture being three revenue streams when you couldn't even imagine that. 
10, 15 years ago. So where would you like to be financially? If you're looking at where it is that you are now, where would you like to be at the end of 2022? Ooh, at the end of 2022, I would like to, of course, have more savings. I would like to have my business savings account um, at, a, at, a, at a place where as though I am able to hire employees as needed without it damaging my business and take and taking away from me i would also like to be in a place where my personal savings is um there <laughs> for the most part um because um although i have been blessed to be in healthcare as a phlebotomist i still have bills um there's a saying more money more problems so to speak <laughs> um and you can look at it like a cliche but um God has blessed me, but I do have a lot of financial responsibilities that I cannot neglect. So with me working my nine to five, so to speak, I have not found myself to be able to be in a position to save as much money as I would like to, because every time I have a little savings, it start raining. It start raining, um, whether it's car trouble, whether whatever it is, and just like that, there it goes. So um, that's something that I would like to be more um, financially responsible with, whereas though I can afford to put forward towards the rainy days without it taking away from my actual savings. Um, another one of my financial goals is to establish to be able to establish a um saving a consistent savings account for my son as well as contribute towards his college fund um because i look at where we where the economy is today as well as where it will be years from now when he's able to go to school and um i would like to contribute more towards his college fund whereas we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> awesome. So I think I have a financial prescription for you that I think will be very uh, helpful to you. I want to start off by saying, as I, I said with Deborah, I want to say congratulations to you because you really did hit the ground running. We didn't even get a chance to talk about the fact that you're um, you know, a published author and you have a new book coming out, all the other great stuff um, that has been in your favor. Um, but you did it through hard work and perseverance. But I want to commend you to continue to do certain things. The first thing that you have done uh, that many people don't make the investment into doing is educating yourself. You educated yourself financially speaking, and I want you to continue to learn about the power of savings and investments. I know you have great teachers. Uh, you know, I happen to know where you fellowship at, so they do great work over there. Um, but it's very important because once you have the mindset of money, then how you allocate it, which has been reflective in your life, you allocate it accordingly. I also want you to cut yourself some slack. I happen to know you personally, and, um, you know, it is a struggle, but you're struggling in life, uh, you know, paying bills for the amazing house and the beautiful car and the wonderful kid and the um, amazing husband that you have. Now, when the both of you come together and you've been affected by the cares of life, but now you and your husband are both in a position where earned income is coming, uh, COVID-19 is behind you. And so when you sit down, create a budget. When you sit down and create the budget, you want a personal budget and you want a budget for your business. Now you don't want a budget just for one business. You want a budget because you have two separate business entities. So you wanna know what the cost factors are associated with each of them. You wanna make sure that on both of your jobs, you're able to begin saving in your retirement plan. So your 401ks that may be available to the both of you. And this is your entrance way into savings. 
and people don't oftentimes utilize what is available to them through their employers. But be okay with investing in that particular area. Once you begin to save and invest in your retirement plans, you'll see that your tax liability is minimized. The second thing that you're able to do or the third thing that you're able to do is, I know that we've just gone through tax season or what have you, but each year plan to set aside because if it's challenging from you know paycheck to paycheck, each year make up in your mind that if I save nothing else, I'm going to save 10, 15, maybe even 20% of whatever tax refunds that I'm going to get. Obviously you have a young son, he's an amazing um, individual. He will be with you for a while and children happen to be tax deductions. So you wanna make sure that you're taking full advantage of that. The last thing that you wanna do is begin that uh, emergency cash savings plan. Life is going to happen. Unless you have a brand new car, used cars may give way on you. You have been responsible with protecting yourself from, uh, you know, from a used um, perspective, meaning you know that um, if you have used products, you tend to get the warranties and things of that nature. That's good. Continue to do that. But understand, even if you're just starting off with $25 or $50 a month, make sure that you're putting it in some place that's not easily touchable. And there is where you'll begin to have your savings. And that will accumulate over time. Most people try to do things overnight and they find it to be challenging. Another way that you're able to do this where it's different because it's um, an unstable business that you're in. Whenever you do get a speaking engagement, just make up in your mind because you're very disciplined. This is the money that's going to be earmarked for my savings. And so if you have that in your mind, it's not money that you're spending, but you're allocating towards savings. So for an example, if you speak four times a year, once a quarter, and they pay you hypothetically speaking, 500 to $1,000, at the end of the year, you have just saved $4,000 or two to $4,000. So instead right. of thinking, what do I take out from my paycheck week to week, which I'm relying upon, now here's money that you have in terms of one of your businesses that does not bring stable income, but it'll also help you to achieve your goal. And what you're able to do is to look at that from week to week, from month to month, quarter to quarter, year to year, and you will see that you're definitely on the pathway. But what you have done in the, first, the last five years since you've been home to where it is that you are now, I want to commend you and celebrate the fact that you are doing a wonderful, wonderful job. I got to tell you guys, it has been now. Do you have any questions for me? I have one. Um, now, now that I'm married, do you think that it's more profitable for the both of us to file jointly or separate? Absolutely. Joint filing marriage with rights of survivorship should always be, and I'm saying that as a preacher, but married filing um, jointly is also, from a tax perspective, most advantageous for you. Okay. Right. Listen, okay. Thank, thank you me. so very much for being here. I got to tell you guys, these two young ladies have been so uh, invaluable in my life. I thank God for each one of them. Uh, they are the reflection of the fact that it doesn't matter what it is that you've gone through. When you put your mind toward uh, being financially free, you are capable of doing it. What do they say to the world? That life may throw you a curveball. It may be devastating at best, but you can pick up the pieces of your life and recover, not just financially, 
spiritually, economically, and emotionally. And they are the reflection of that being a thing. It has been my pleasure and my privilege to be here with you. If you'd like to be a guest on Financial Solutions with Dr. Nicole, I invite you to reach out to us so that we can give you a prescription to improve your life. The doctor's hours are always open. I look forward to seeing you soon.